0: is the day that you have made. Whatever comes, I won't complain. For all my hope is in your name. And now your joy awaits my praise. failing,
1: Lord, I am grateful.
0: When I was down, you brought me out and set my feet on higher ground. faithfulness my solid rock.
1: Jesus
2: you you are so trustworthy you've never failed us we've never seen the righteous forsaken or your seed begging for bread and so right now we just declare your faithfulness to all generations and we ask god that you meet with us here right here right now we're asking lord for you to show yourself real right where our listeners and our viewers are right now whatever they're facing god whatever situation they're finding themselves in. I ask that you meet them where they are. Meet every need, oh God, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, emotionally, relationally. I ask that you be with them right there in their living room, right in their bedroom, right where they are, that you would just meet them, oh God, and show yourself real like you've done so many times. We thank you for that.
1: I know
2: Father, thank you that you meet us where we are. We thank you that you're a very present help in time of trouble. All we have to do is call on your name. So we call on your name, Jesus. We call on your name. And we ask that you meet us here one more time, God. Meet us here one more time. If you're watching this service and you sense something, you're not quite sure what that is let me tell you that that is the presence of the Lord and his desire is to be with you today to be your loving and caring Heavenly Father and it's so simple all you have to do is ask him to come into your life you believe that he is the Son of God and that he rose again he was crucified on a cross and he rose again three days later and now is in heaven it says the word says that is ever interceding is praying For you and over you today and then you just confess with your mouth it's as simple as that three steps so we're going to ask you to repeat this prayer today in this service if you would like to ask the Lord into your heart would you pray this prayer with us Lord Jesus we ask that you come into our heart today be my Lord be my Savior make me a new person Come and meet me where I am, Lord. I have sinned, but you are the Savior. So I ask you to save me today. Clean me and make me whole. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you said that prayer this morning, the great news is that you are a son or a daughter of the King of Kings, the the, the Lord that we're singing about and worshiping this 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 service so we just ask that you type in saved in the comments there's a number on the screen you can type that in and text that number just simply put saved and let us know that you've asked the Lord into your heart today so that we can get some material into your hand
3: learned the saying as children on a playground, and it sounds great. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. It was usually said with our tongue stuck out. The only problem is, is that statement isn't isn't even true. In fact, haven't you discovered that there have been times that you would have rather been hit with sticks and stones than the words that were spoken to you? It's no surprise that a study shows that negative words release stress and anxiety-inducing hormones in study subjects. In their jointly written book, Words Can Change Your Brain, Dr. Andrew Newberg, a neuroscientist at Thomas Jefferson University, and Mark Robert Waldman, a communication expert, states that a single word has the power to influence the expression of genes that regulate physical and and emotional stress. So science backs up the idea that words matter, and they can be weaponized. The devil certainly capitalizes on this fact. That's why we've been trying to expose the words the devil uses against us. We've talked about the words never, if, and later. All of these words are deadly if we listen to him. There's one last word I want to expose, though, so that when the enemy tries to use it, we will be on guard. Let me take you to an example in Scripture that shows a great man fall prey to this debilitating word. It's in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9 and 14 through 18. There Elijah went into a cave and stayed all night. Then the Lord spoke his word to him, Elijah, why are you here? And he answered, Lord God, all-powerful, I have always served you as well as I could. But the people of Israel have broken their agreement with you. They've destroyed your altars and killed your prophets with the swords. And I'm the only prophet left. And now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, go back on the road that leads to the desert around Damascus. Enter that city and pour olive oil on Haziel to make him king over Aram. Then pour oil on Jehu, the son of Nimshi, to make him king over Israel. Next, pour oil on Elisha, son of Shaphat, from abel Mahola, to make him a prophet in your place. Jehu will kill anyone who escapes from Haziel's sword, and Elisha will kill anyone who escapes from Jehu's sword. I have 7,000 people left in Israel who have never bowed down before Baal and whose mouths have never kissed his idol. God confronts Elijah and asks him, Why are you hiding in a cave? If you know the backstory, then you would probably expect Elijah to say, Because Jezebel has threatened to kill me. And she's proven to be true to her word. So God, I'm hiding to save my life. But notice what he says. His statement reveals that he has become imprisoned by one of the most deadly words in the devil's dictionary. Elijah repeats the devil's word back to God. He says, I am alone. One of the most dangerous words the enemy uses against us is alone. Elijah is hiding in a cave and he's singing the theme song of 2020. All by myself. Come on, sing it. I know you want to sing it with me. You know you want to. It's a catchy song that will catch you. Elijah sings the song, and in that moment, he was doomed to isolation that ushers him into quitting. It got so bad that he wants to die simply because he believed this one word. He throws in the towel. He resigns. He's ready to quit because he believed he was alone. If there was ever a time that the enemy would try to use this word against us, it is now. In lockdown, quarantine, and not only practicing but perfecting social distancing, we can find ourselves susceptible to the lie that we are alone, forgotten, overlooked, unwanted, unneeded, and unloved. Have you ever felt like dying? Have you ever heard the enemy whisper that no one would even miss you if you were gone? He continues to use this word against us. If we allow the devil to use the word alone against us, it will impact us the same way it did Elijah. I'm going to hit the results of believing the word alone very quickly. If we believe the enemy's lie that we are alone, then number one, we will say things we don't really mean and wish for things we don't really want. Elijah says he wants to die. He even wishes to die. I think this was born in the heat of the moment. A fleeting cry of frustration. We do the same thing. If we become trapped in alone thinking, we say things we don't really mean and we wish for things we don't really want. We say things like, I don't need any of you. Or we wish for things like, I wished I could just get in the car and drive away and never look back. Not true. Momentary statements and thoughts based in feeling alone. Second, we will lose our fight. Elijah has lost his fight. He folds up. He gives in to the bully. We do the same. If we think we're alone, then we quit going to battle. We quit warring for what God has promised. Feeling alone takes the fight out of us. We take off our gloves. We quit punching back. We wanna pull the covers over our head and we just give up. Third, when we believe the lie of alone, we will miss God and miss people. I didn't read this part of the account, but if you back up in 1 Kings chapter 19, you discover that Elijah is looking for God in the earthquake, wind, and fire. I guess Elijah liked Motown, earth, wind, and fire. I feel the need for a horn section. Okay, stay with me just a moment. His aloneness caused him to to only look for a big move. This almost cost him the opportunity to hear the still, small voice of God. Too often when we wallow in alone, we will miss God because out of our pained perspective, we only look for the major moves of God. We miss the small, simple moves that reveal His continued presence and commitment to the promise He has already made. Haven't you experienced this? I know that when I feel alone, I begin to only look for major proof from God. Miracles, provision, healings. And I forget to look around at the minute by minute, hour by hour moves of God's faithfulness and favor in my life. When we are alone, when we believe we are alone, we will not only miss God, we also miss the people that God has surrounded us with and the people he has assigned to us. We become so focused on us and our plight that we simply quit looking for them we will walk right past comrades and co-laborers. We quit developing relationships. We quit being intentional about relationships. We quit nurturing relationships. So God reminds Elijah that there are 7,000 others out there that Elijah has ignored, comrades to walk with. God points out Elisha, a co-laborer to lead. God forces Elijah to become intentional about pursuing that relationship. Some of us need to recognize the folks that are right beside us in the fight. We are not in the fight alone. Some of us need to become intentional again about pursuing people. We need to pick up the phone or get in the car and go visit. We are alone because we stay all by ourselves. Fourth, if we are trapped by the word alone, then we will confuse insulation and isolation. I have no doubt that after Elijah's huge victory on Mount Carmel and the spiritual exertion that was required when he squared off with the prophets of Baal, that Elijah probably needed insulation. However, he confused insulation with isolation. There are certainly times in all of our lives when God will speak to us and tell us to insulate ourselves from other people. We need a break. We need a quiet moment. We need time to silence the other voices and remove distractions. I think the danger is that too many of us go one step further than God wants us to go, and rather than insulating, we isolate. Then we wake up and we feel forgotten, abandoned, and alone. And instead of setting temporary boundaries, we build permanent barriers, and we won't let anyone in. The walls we built for safety begin to close in on us and close us off and we become vulnerable and easy pickings for the enemy. Remember, I've tried to teach you that victories are won in, not won in isolation, but rather in cooperation. In fact, in January, I taught you in the Six Foot Baby series that all other religions, including Judaism and especially some factions of Judaism, say that the further away from people you get, the more you love God. Isolation is glorified. But Jesus uses the parable of the Good Samaritan to show us that those who follow him in this thing we call Christianity must recognize that the closer you get to people, the more you love God. God is wed to humanity so much that he became one of us. The enemy knows that people not only teach us to love God, they help us hear God. So he will try to move you from insulated to isolated. And finally, if we buy the idea that we are alone, then we will believe we don't matter. Elijah believed that he was alone, so he takes the next step and concludes that his life and ministry no longer matters. No one will miss me if I'm gone. No one will notice. So God reminds Elijah that not only is he not alone, he is only one of 7,000, that he has kings to anoint, that he still has a call and a purpose. His role is still important. Two kings need to be appointed and anointed. He has a recruit waiting to be enlisted in the king's service. And I want to remind you that you are not alone because I want you to remember that you matter. Your gift matters. Your calling matters. Your life matters. You have people to point out and gifts to call out. And you may say that you feel alone, but can I remind you that Jesus said that he would never leave or forsake you? You are not alone. I am reminded of Psalm chapter 121. It's a short chapter that reminds us that God is with us. In fact, I want to challenge you to go read Psalm 121 in its entirety, but listen to the first part and be encouraged by his constant presence. The psalmist probably feels alone and he writes, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you be defeated. He who guards you never sleeps. God doesn't sleep on you. He is there awake on guard, present, able, ready to respond. You are not alone. I also wanna remind you that you have a purpose. The enemy wants to keep you from that purpose. You have others around you who need you. There are others who are looking for someone to follow. You have others who need to be recruited and trained. In fact, and I know this may be hard to believe, but you are somebody's Elijah. There is an Elisha out there named Rick or Ron or Angie or Alicia who needs what you have and what you know. It is time to fight out of alone. It has been said that if you change your words, words then you can change your world. The truth is that if you will allow God to change the enemy's word, then your world will change. We said that God can change the enemy's never to ever His if to already and his later to now. He can also change the enemy's word alone to together. He wants to connect you with others who will walk through life with you. He is putting you in the path of others that need you and some that you need. If you continue to believe that you are alone, then you will miss those assigned relationships. We learned from day one. Well, actually, day six, that it is not good for man to be alone. So I encourage you, fight your way out of the cave alone, hear His voice, and then be, and then become His voice to those who will follow you. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you that Your Word declares that You're with us. You're constantly around us and in us and constantly on guard for us. And so I bring to you people that in this season of life may feel forgotten, overlooked, unwanted, unloved, unneeded. They may feel trapped in alone. I pray that in this very moment you would remind them that you are right there with them and they are not by themselves. I pray that you would take the blinders off and allow them and allow me to see the people around us that you have assigned to us, people that are Co- uh, comrades that are walking the same path that are in the same fight that we can lean on in the times of needs and also co-laborers people that are coming along behind us that we should tap on the shoulder and lead them in this thing called a walk with you I just pray that you would open our eyes help us to recognize that the enemy is lying to us when he says that we're alone none of us are alone And I pray that you would encourage us with your presence and remind us of our purpose. And Father, we'll give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much for watching today. You know, if you feel alone or isolated, I have great news for you today. You can have a friend that sticks closer than any brother. All you have to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, and believe that he is who he said he was, the Son of God. I want to lead you in a prayer, and then I'm going to tell you how to to get some great materials to help you in your new relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to be the friend that sticks closer than any brother. I ask you to change my life by becoming my Lord. I put all my trust in you. I accept you as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer please text the number you see on the screen right now just text the word saved we will get in contact with you and get you some great materials that will help you mature and develop and grow in your relationship with god Uh, as you may know uh, next sunday we plan on going back to live services in the building this is contingent upon the state of oklahoma declaring that we're in phase two. If they make that declaration, then we will be live in the building on May the 17th at 10 and 1130 practicing social distancing, uh, sanitizing. We will be prepared for you. So stay tuned to all of our social media uh, platforms and we will make that announcement this coming week. But we are looking forward to seeing you face to face. Uh, last but not least, uh, don't forget, uh, you can always support the ministry of Passion Church online, either on the website or you can also text to give on the number to the number that you see on your screen. We so appreciate your support and believe that God is using our resources that he has given to us as we give them back to him. He's using those to do great things together. We love you guys. Look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.